calling all baby faces and heels alike. Welcome to the Working Fans Podcast, your place for all things comedy, combat, and wrestling. Reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Working Fans Podcast. Or you can email us at workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. If you're an audio listener, we encourage you to check out our YouTube. Wherever you listen, please make sure you like, rate, review, and subscribe. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Working Fans Podcast. All right, everybody, it's the Working Fans Podcast with a man they call Dave. And today we got a pro wrestler, a comedian, a podcaster, Mr. Corey Castle. How you doing today? What's up, Dave? <laughs> What's going on, man? I, I like that you're into all these different things. Me, myself, like I'm, I'm 44 now. And I was just talking about this, like with my girlfriend recently, like, and she knows it too. Like, I get very excited about people who have many different passions, and I appreciate that. Like, the older I get, when I was younger, it might have fell off, but now I'm like, oh, cool. Maybe it's because you like you start doing a bunch of shit you don't like. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, it might have something to do with that. Maybe, maybe it, maybe it's escapism. You know, maybe it's maybe it's an escape from, dude. Like, I do all these things that I really like, but then I'll, I'll like work these day jobs that i dislike mm -hmm. and and this stuff is a good happy distraction from it you know right so, zen like right like almost but, like that but i think what what's also great to be appreciated is excitement the fact that you're excited about that stuff that's something to celebrate too mm. yeah i mean it definitely and it's motivating like from a creative aspect too i don't know if this is where i'm just thinking like out loud but like um recently for like us we started doing a thing after two years where we're getting together and meeting up more and brainstorming about ideas. Mm -hmm. And it's the simplest thing, but man, it motivates the shit out of me sometimes. Now I start talking to other people with creative ideas and I want to do this and that. And it's like, it doesn't feel like such a workload sometimes too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of easier to relax a little bit on the amount of work that you've had, that you've got to do when you know somebody else is taking care of it. Hmm. Absolutely. No, I agree with that. Now, how did, so I'm assuming wrestling was first before comedy. And I, I think you were telling me before your dad was a wrestler too? Oh, no. My dad. Oh, okay. All right. I misunderstood that. How did you get into professional wrestling then? My dad wasn't a wrestler. So okay. that's not what got me. <laughs> Definitely not that. <laughs> no. Um, we were on the phone and I think I must have just misunderstood that. Oh, yeah. Okay. 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 That's, that's pretty good. No, uh, no, man. There was a, the, this dates back. This dates back to the old 90s. So that's how far we go back in, in history here. My friend Scott found an article in the newspaper about mm. this wrestling school that was in Bristol, PA, which is like like five minutes from here. I live in Langhorne, PA, which is the suburbs of Philly. So we go and check out this school where there's like kids there. It's all kids our age. We were, we were, we were 14, 15 years old at the time. And this was the summer before ninth grade. And we went there and it was just basically like this, this man who was a dropout of the monster factory and mm. like decided he was going to open his own school because I guess Larry probably told him he sucked and he needed work. So he, he was like, Oh, I'll show you who sucks. I'll start my own thing where I get, <laughs> where I get really drunk and really high and just hurt, hurt a bunch of kids. <laughs> That'll show him. 
does so, not sound like a promising adventure. <laughs> so this guy would get real drunk and high and stuff, and he would just hurt us and stuff. And he would not. He would. He would. He would like. He taught us how to like take a back bump, how to run the ropes, how to do a flip bump, and then that's it. Mm. Right. So he was like everything. It was like anything you watched on TV, you can show up there and try it. Like, and you know, this was like. 98 99 2000 right so this is the 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 peak of like everything that we're watching on tv is great and cool so we're we're now a part of the business in our brains we're like we're in the business now but still but still huge huge fans and huge marks not really smartened up to what wrestling is or how to work like so i was going there for i was going there till i was uh, okay um so do you know who Rick Feinberg is or Rick Connor? He has a he has a YouTube channel with a good amount of subscribers, and him and I co-host Rassle Rock together. R A S S L E Rock. That's a podcast that we do. I met him there, and he went and discovered the CCW school. Okay, and he had started going to the CCW school. So when this place shut down, caught up with. Do you know who Discount Dewey Donovan is? Mm, no, no. Discount Dewey Discount Dewey Donovan manages Nick Gage. Uh, oh, okay. The, the, oh, the king of this shit, Nick Gage. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> you know, you just answered something. I just started watching more GCW, and uh, I just noticed that guy the other night. I'm like, who the fuck is that guy? You so answered my question. <laughs> discount. His name is Discount Dewey Donovan. Him and I also go way back, and I credit him for like kind of breaking me into the business because he he hit me up on AOL Instant Messenger, and was like, "Hey, you should come to the CCW school." Hmm. And he was like, "Oh, Rich is also that's." Rick Connor. He was like, Rich is also here. So I came and started. I, I didn't realize that Rick didn't like me. Oh. <laughs> but, but I started bugging him to give me rides to the school. And so through him giving me rides to the school all the time, he started to like me. So at so first, funny. at first he didn't like me at all. Ignorance is bliss, I guess. Right. <laughs> and it turns out, it turns out I was the best man in his wedding. Oh shit! <laughs> and I did I did a speech and I said, I said about about twenty three years ago, Rick and I met and uh, we were friends immediately. Is what I'd like to say, but we weren't really friends immediately. He really didn't like me, and now here I am as his best man at his wedding, saying a speech, which bodes well for Heather because he didn't like her at first either. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> so, so that's pretty good. His initial gut instincts are usually wrong, but yeah, so, right, right, right. <laughs> but, so you know, then I went to the CCW school in two thousand, two thousand one, probably, and I got trained by John Dahmer and Eddie Valentine. They were known as VD. They were a world travel tag team. Valentine and Dahmer, not the other VD, whatever that other. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You got to get shots for that, I think. Yeah. 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 <laughs> some, some sort of virus. Yeah. But yeah. So then that's how I, I guess that's the answer to the question how I got broken into the business mm. was, was through the newspaper. The yeah. News, the that's newspaper so article uh, helped me discover how to get into the wrestling business. So, like, most people got in, yeah, most people got into, like, these kayfabe wrestling magazines. You found a legitimate news. (laughs) Got it. And uh, and the thing, the the joke that I make all the time, too, is, like, back then, we, we, at that place, and I I won't, I don't give it name, I don't give it a name, I don't tell people the name of it or who ran it, but we had shows, we had, we had 
shows and they were terrible and they were like and they were like oh man it was it was like it was like people were charging their parents fifteen dollars to come and watch this show that was like in like a broken down body shop with like a half homemade built ring inside of it Uh, so it was basically like backyard wrestling but with a trained wrestler who was teaching us how to do and uh And, uh, in the shows, <laughs> in the shows, we we had um we had like a little boombox that we used for our theme songs. And my theme song when I first broke into the business was a cassette tape. That's how old I am and how long I've been in wrestling. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so so pro wrestling, pro wrestling, folks. Well, yeah, I, mean, I was also I was also a teenager. I was a I was a young boy. I was um, mm. I was fourteen when I jumped into. Oh, okay. So, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So I mean, you got I, some life experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it built up the the life experience notches on my belt. <laughs> now, what would you say? I'm just curious. Like now, so you start training with someone who probably shouldn't have been training you, but you, you get what you can out of it. And- right. You're lucky enough to go. What would you say was like your style, like when you started wrestling, as opposed to maybe now? Like, how's it? Oh boy, <laughs> St- style was not a word that would ever be used to describe anything I was ever doing in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, honestly, dude, I I was just stumbling through it. Like mm-hmm. I was, it, it was weird because I got to a point where the fact that mm. I, I I started with two of my best friends, right, and. Going into it, okay, I have to also say, the, the stud that you see in front of you now, this hunk, this, this chiseled Adonis that you see in front of you now, is not, <laughs> not, not what I was when I was a kid. Okay. So I, I, was like, I was like a skinny, fat, weird, sweaty, awkward boy with thick glasses and a stupid haircut. So <laughs> my, my style was that I was stumbling through it because I couldn't see anything. I didn't have my, I didn't have, oh, contact, I didn't have contacts. I didn't have glasses. So I was just like, like anytime I'd ever watch anything I was in, I was like, Oh, I was just all squints. So yes, I was squints. That was my style that I was, squint. I was squinty, squinting Tarantino. I was picturing like, maybe this is why your friend didn't like you at first. Maybe you accidentally heard him in the ring and he didn't know you can't maybe, see. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the case. Maybe I don't, not really sure. I mean, I think it was, I think it was a, it was a, you know, a bit of jealousy, a bit of uh, us starting at the same place and stuff like. That. And that's just my, my. I mean, Rick, if you're hearing this, I don't know what it is, but it probably was the fact that you were jealous of me. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Now, I'm just wondering, you know, obviously pro wrestling. We know it's like, you know, it's entertainment, but it's also a very physical thing. The bumps, everything's real. It hurts. You know, like. Do you have any like pre-match like rituals or the um, music or anything? I don't, I'm just curious. Well, I I, I kind of like to poop before I wrestle. <laughs> I kind of like That's to take a great. take a good poop before wrestling. And also, probably good idea too. Yeah, yeah. Because the, <laughs> the thing is, like on show days, and most most wrestlers probably tell you the same thing. On show days, like I don't like to eat anything. I don't mm-hmm. like I, for fear of the fact that I don't want to have to sh- poop my pants in the ring. So. <laughs> So I have to make sure it's part of my ritual to get the poop stuff taken care of. That's funny. Dude, I, I'll tell you what. I throw that question out there once in a while. That's the best answer I've heard. Yeah. 
usually someone will go music or something else. That's the first one is that I gotta take a shit. I love it. <laughs> so awesome, man. <laughs> so like this is a true story. I had a match at the arena, probably let me I'm gonna guess like two thousand five or six or something. And it was me and DJ Hyde in a tag match against Claudio Cesaro and Chris Hero. So Claudio picked up Chris Hero and body slammed him on top of me. And mm. I didn't know that was coming. And I farted real hard. As soon, as soon as he landed, it was like, <laughs> as soon as he, and I swore I crapped myself. I swore I crapped myself in the ring. And I was so upset. And as I'm getting up to, as I'm like getting up to sell for the next thing, to feed for the next spot, like if you watch the video back, like you can watch my hand check and <laughs> come up and smell my own hand to see if like, there's just Classic. shit in there, but there wasn't. <laughs> but the near <laughs> shit experience was like, all right. Yeah. I've been traumatized. <laughs> I've been traumatized by a potential shit my pants situation here in the ring. <laughs> but I can. I can also now, like, anytime I ever see Cesaro on TV and be like, that guy almost made me shit myself. That's a awesome story. <laughs> now, Cesaro, I mean, okay, so, like, Chris Hero, you know, I mean, those are bigger names, but you have people you probably, that doesn't necessarily equate to, like, the answer to what I'm going to ask you. Like, who are some of your favorite people to work with throughout your career? You're not going to know any of them. Okay. <laughs> well, how, how about this? Why were they your favorite people to work with? Okay. So my ta my old tag partner, Matt Bomboy. Do you know who that is? I don't think so. Okay. So we were in a tag team called TNE, Team New Era. Okay. Um, well, that sounds familiar, but go ahead. Sorry, so yeah. when we when we would have matches with each other, we, it was always it was always intense. It was always fun, and we'd always make sure to be very physical, and like we would get kind of caught up so matt bomboy probably like one of my favorite people to work with in the ring and not not to say that our first match went good because our first match went terrible and mm -hmm. it was famously terrible the, the the room the room of pro wrestling <laughs> our match was tommy wiseau and <laughs> you're, so you're yes. me apart, yeah my <laughs> so, so yeah so so it was so it was our, our matches were good i my my good opponent of mine i i always liked working with ko storm he's a guy from delaware who has a canadian gimmick he would get he would come out to look at this photograph by nickelback and get so much heat it was ridiculous <laughs> I've never heard that's so great. I you know so many great wrestlers from Canada, but never heard playing like the gimmick of yeah. being Canadian, not Russian. Yeah. Not, yeah. Right. Like he, he would come out as as a Canadian, and he'd and he'd have the look at this photograph playing, and booed out of the building. Everybody hated it, but he was having a good time, and he was a good worker. Yeah, but I think he he also went and did the whole uh, wife and kids thing. Yeah, that's 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 what <laughs> that's what's left. That's what's left me being the only one of my friends still wrestling because mm. Rick's gone. <laughs> Matt's gone. Niles is gone. He was one of my favorite opponents, too. Um, do you know Niles Young? I get some of the names hit me, which like I'm hearing it, but I'm not sure. So. Okay. so we used to be a tag team in CCW back in like the early 2000s. We were called CKNY. Okay. And he. He then went on later to become Nico Sozio was his name, and he was the CCW heavyweight champion. 
for a minute. And he like he like led he led a faction called the Front, and he was doing he was like feuding against Drew Gulak and CZW. Like, okay. At you know at the end of Drew Gulak's like CZW career. C Z K Y. C K N Y was what. Oh, was C K N Y. Was there like a, um, a group like Jackass or something that was using a similar? Was that part of the that, name? That was, that was part of the inspiration. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we. We wanted that to kind of turn into what our gimmick was, that like we do silly goose things because because uh, that was around the time when it was the most popular. That mm. those those silly geese, we wanted to we wanted to flock with them. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but it was called CKY. It was a uh, Camp Kill Yourself. It was like Camp uh, <laughs> Yeah. It was uh it was Bam Margera, Brandon DiCamillo, <clears throat> Ryan Dunn. Mm. Uh, Oh, like before it was Jack. Yeah, it was CKY. right, right, but, right. But yeah. this was after they weren't CKY. I mean, it wasn't CKY as much anymore. It was just Jackass now at this point. But we just we're we're purists. We like the old stuff. <laughs> So we're the purists of the Jackass. Great. We're, we're give me that pure, unfiltered Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> now, what would you say in terms of wrestling? This is kind of my final wrestling question. I'm curious. What would you say are your goals left? Because I know you still wrestle and i'm listening to some other shows and stuff so what do you want to do is there other goals i don't know <laughs> well i think the main part of my goals is that <laughs> it sounds so cheesy it sounds so corny i just want to make sure that anytime anybody comes and sees me wrestle or any time anybody gets in the ring with me or anytime anybody buys a ticket or whatever that is a moment for them that that's 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 for them they're like man i'm gonna take this with me yeah. and they're gonna have that that's what I, I i hope that for not just my wrestling i want that for my comedy i want that for my podcast is okay that like, well when people when people consume it they're glad they did and that's not necessarily a, a destination goal like, like people might say that their goal is go work for AEW or WWE or right. LW or Ring of Honor. I, those are all cool and stuff. Like, mm -hmm. but that's not part of my goals. I, uh, I have so many other, so many other plates to spin. <laughs> so, so I, especially, especially when it comes to like WWE, like, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not ready to give up my identity. I'm not ready to give somebody else the credit for my success. And that's, I think they'll take all the credit for your success. And I don't think I'm ready for that. Yeah. I equate that to kind of selling your soul a little bit. Yeah. It's interesting. Like the money versus like your personal freedom and time and everything. You know? yeah. yeah. I understand. I've I mean, been. I, and also I won't be able to do my podcast anymore. Like I want to make sure no, no matter where I go or what I do in the entertainment business, I will continue to do my podcast till I'm dead. I want that to be for sure the thing that because I know all that stuff's outliving me, man. Mm -hmm. All that stuff's outliving That's me. Good and, point. and inside of that, inside of that, I'm being as absolutely vulnerable and as sincerely myself as I can possibly be. So if if you're catching that from the vibe of the show, that's what it is. Hopefully, hopefully you catch that. Hopefully you catch that I'm like I'm like loving what I'm doing and I'm passionate about it because like I know that there's inspiration to be had for folks. So I know if I'm I'm a huge fan of podcasts, I listen to podcasts. If I wasn't me, I'd want to listen to my podcast. I'd want to check me. Mm. 
I'd want to check out Evolving with Corey Castle on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find good podcasts and subscribe to them. Yeah, absolutely. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs, 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, go to F-O-U-R, 82 Designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, it divides the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. All right, everybody. It's the Working Fans Podcast with the man they call Dave and AJ Strange Brew back at it again. And we're talking the 531 biggest debuts in wrestling history. AJ, I know I gave you some lists. I can't wait to see if you're going to argue with us about some of these for debuts. Oh, I'm definitely going to argue with you guys about uh, some of them. So, gonna, so, some of these aren't even big debuts at all. I'm going to uh, <laughs> read some stuff that Joe gave me first that weren't technically full list, and we'll get these out of the way. Maybe we'll just yeah, get, some get, the, get the shock ma- get the shock master out right now. All right, we got Aaron from the mothership who added this. Uh, uh, uh. Kazardi is not one. Though, if I understood the reference to Cardi culture and wrestling history at the time, I'd have to appreciate it more. Thank you, Aaron, for letting us know that Gazzardi was not one. I, I, uh, I'm also sad that you didn't understand the references. Yeah, he would have appreciated it, though. I, right. I, I assume you were six at the time. Simon from the Mothership. Scott Hall and WCW ranks up there. Just perfection. You instantly wondered what would happen next. Taz in WWF was also great. He looked like a killer if you forgot everything that happened after that. Fair point. Matthew, Shockmaster. That's it. <laughs> we got a Dave from the mothership. AJ, you're going to appreciate this debut. Two Cold Scorpio teaming with Ron Simmons at Clash versus Barbarian, Cactus Jack, and Tony Atlas. Well, that's, that's one that they still speak of today. I don't think that was his debut. No, I it wasn't. Uh, I don't think it wasn't. And Ron Simmons had been wrestling also in the company for fucking five years at that point. But hey, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Great, People, great debut. Breton from the Mothership. I don't know if this counts as a debut, but when Cena appeared on Raw for the first time after he was drafted in 2005. Now, now, now his I, debut would be against freaking Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle when he came out with the Rufus aggression, which I think people will have that on here. But that is quite a moment. It was a good moment when they actually... Yeah, unfortunately, we're not fucking talking about moments. We're talking about debuts. <laughs> so I'm going to say, uh, I think that's where, like, I don't have a problem with debuts being, like, Rick, I, like, will be on, I'm not a spoiler, Rick Flair will be on my list later for debuting in the WWF with the... That is a debut. Up. That's a debut, right? There's a difference between that and maybe you're doing a new character, or there's a debut of a new If gimmick. you're inside the same organization, it's not a debut. And you didn't change your gimmick. You didn't change yeah. nothing. <laughs> you just went to a show on another yeah. night. Yeah, I agree. I agree I'm wrestling. That. I'm wrestling on Mondays. Woo! But it was a great moment. I will say that. Yeah, and, he did, he, and he did ask if it counts. He did. So, so 
Yeah, Fair absolutely. Uh, by that, but if we go by that definition, we can do Cena on Raw. We can do Cena when he came back from the injury at the Royal Rumble. We can do Cena when he jumped ship to uh, SmackDown and then back to Raw. <laughs> just have all Cena. It'll be great. He did add this though. Punk from AEW was great. Yeah. Goldberg in 03 was fantastic. Announcers yeah, interrupted the Rock. The camera shots, fans, yeah. and The Rock's reaction. Amazing. Yeah, his debut was great. It was what they did with him the rest of the time he was there. Right. Well, see. The guy earlier who pointed out Taz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you forget everything else. Yeah. yeah great uh, de- a great debut, unfortunately, does not make a great WWE career. And Scott Hall was also great. You want to add that? And yeah. It, yeah. If you like somebody interrupting a Mike Enos match, I mean, I guess. And last but not least, just going to get this one in before we move on with our real list. Maybe Brian it pisses me off. No, I think you'll like this one, actually. Brian Last <laughs> from The Mothership, co host with Jim Cornette on uh, the Jim Cornette Experience. Love he's Brian got, Last. He's got. Richard Belzer, the end. <laughs> okay, that's fucking awesome. I thought you would appreciate that. I knew you would. That is great. That was pretty good. I, I, and if you don't like the Richard Belzer one, I will also take the John Dossel, um <laughs> reference also. Either one really works in this situation. AJ, how about you give me a list here? What do you got? I got Mike Flynn. He's coming with Jericho on Raw, which I yeah. think we might see a lot of. Sure. NWO, which I assume he means the Scott Halls, since he was technically the first one to show up. I mean, you could argue that. I mean, are are we going to do an NWO one every time a new member showed up for like 50 weeks? No, but I mean, you (laughs) could argue the formation of the NWO at Bash of the Beach. But is that a debut due to the fact that two of them were already (laughs) working at that point? I mean, that is the first time they called it the New World Order. Yeah, I, I mean, you can argue that. I, I, I would accept that too. If someone, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm willing to accept that one. That's a hell of a lot better than the Cena one. That's we'll for keep, damn sure. We'll keep an eye out and see what people keep saying. I've seen a lot of Scott Hall so far, so we can accept. This one is not clear, but just Brock Lesnar. So I assume they mean when he was a rookie, when he came out with Paul Heyman. I must say, yeah, when he came out to Raw, and I know you remember it when no, uh, he I, threw yeah, around I remember everybody. his debut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just not sure that that's a top five worthy one. Yeah. Uh, Taz to the WWE. I think we're going to see that often, especially with this group of people that we are referencing. He's and it was a great debut. And now I, I got to tell you, I disagree with this one. He put the Shield. To me, the Shield's not a top five one. To me, the Shield was at that point redoing Nexus. So, so, so I. To me, if you're going to put a bigger debut, I think Nexus and the way they did it was mm-hmm. actually bigger than what The Shield did. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree and disagree at the same time. Yes, I think Nexus, the impact of what they originally did and the way they tore the set down. Yeah, don't the get me they, wrong. The Shield had a much better run. They had a much better career, right. So if you want to look at it as the debut of what, what ended up being one of the great but, uh, factions. But for me, we're going for sheer debut. And so, the shock of what the Nexus did to me, way overweighed what the Shield did. Weighed. I see what you did there. All right. Yes. And I got some bad news for you because I got another list here. Thank you. Thank you, Wade Barrett. I got Jamie from the Mothership. This is the last one from the Mothership we're going to have. He's got Ry2J on Raw 99, CM Punk to AEW, Ric Flair's belt on WWE Superstars. That's good. I like that. That actually is really good. You, you could technically have the belt and have Ric Flair's as yeah. two separate things because the belt got there like three months before him. Uh, 91. This is the debut on that shitty studio version of primetime wrestling. Now, oh. wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, he was right. It was a shitty studio. But uh, I think 
it might have made an appearance before that on Superstars. I think Superstars is the first. I'd have to. Yeah, I'm not. He could. He could be right. Yeah, I'm with with you. I first remembered on Superstars. Right, because I remember him. uh, But hey, maybe maybe, the Superstars one wasn't as good of a debut. Maybe even prime time. No, 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 because Bobby came out at the end of Superstars, and he did the same thing on Primetime Wrestle, but he did it with Gorilla on Primetime. And I think the Anvil was there, too, at that time. And Bobby's like, whose belt is that? That's not Hulk Hogan's belt. He's like, no, no. He's like, this, this is, is not the real world yeah, champion. Comparing the belt to the men who were just like comparing ice cream to ice horse cream manure. to cow manure. Oh, was yeah. it horse? I thought it was cow manure. It but was horse manure is good. <laughs> NWO to WWF in 2002. He also has yeah. Goldberg to Raw in 03. Wasn't that the first of the night after Mania surprise debut? No. Actually, Goldberg debuted. Well, wait, actually, it was because it set up the backlash. How, how can you have NWO to WWE and not have NWO's original freaking? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Vince McMahon turned it around and, you know, announced it. It was pretty cool. But, yeah, I would think the original moment itself kind of beats it out. Especially but... since it was the first time Hogan had turned heel in freaking 11 years, for Christ's sakes. What do you got next for us, bud? So next up, I've got Mrs. St. John's second favorite baby boy. I've got Jake St. John coming in. He's got Kane's WWE debut, That's the, which was ter- terrifying for all of us. He's got AJ Styles at the Royal Rumble. That's a good one. Jericho's debut in, in, in um, New Japan, Kenny Omega post-match as the pain maker. That's actually a really good one. Yeah. That's, uh, I like that one. CM Punk and AEW. I'm going to get that and a lot. Jake Rule in effect. We've got Taz in the WWE at the Royal Rumble and can't forget the Radicals WWE debut. That's a good one, too. I'm not seeing a ton of the Radicals on here. And that is funny because that's the first time we've had, we had four people jump ship in one night. In one night, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that ever was done. And it was a good debut because they were literally just sitting there in the crowd. And then they got into it with somebody, too. I don't remember, Al Snow or somebody, but yeah. Well, they weren't jobbing out to that squad. No, they weren't. They were not. Jason Gross from the Rockin' Randy's Wrestled Group. Um, He's he's got The Undertaker. He's got Vader and WCW. He's got Earthquake, John Tenta from WWF, and Y2J. So he's only got four. Um, I I know a thing about work names, and I have to assume that Jason Gross is a work name. He uses it all the time, man. I'll tell you what. I just heard a story from a guy we have coming up on the podcast. This isn't on our episode, but he references it. Uh, Stevie Ray tells a story about. Wait a minute, is that Stevie Ray from Harlem Heat? It is. You were you got Stevie Ray from Harlem Heat as an interview? It might air before this, for all I know. But oh my god! So John Tenta Earthquake. There's a story on Stevie's podcast that he had at the time. He tells a story where (laughs) apparently one of the few times they saw him get mad, and they. He's like, he comes rushing in the back and he's throwing things around and he's pissed. And he's like, me and my brother are looking at him like, whoa, what the hell? Like, John's kind of our boy. We like him. But at the same time, like, we're nerd. Like, he's a badass man. This is a legit sumo wrestler. And he's like, he said, they changed the angle on me. They changed the angle on me. And like, who you mad at? He's like, Iron Anderson. And they're like, he was ready to kill him. Like, Iron's our boy, too. We didn't want to say anything. So he's like, he's going off. And just then, the door swings open, and it's Iron Anderson. And John Tetris throwing things, I'll kill Iron, I'll kill And Iron just shuts the door right back, and Iron just keeps going. Because Iron's like, and Iron doesn't remember this, but Stevie's like, I don't know what happened. We're going to tell him to get out, but he knew enough. He saw him. That, like, that, to me, just tells you how smart Iron Anderson is. 
And you know, Iron Harris is a badass motherfucker himself, but yeah. nobody's trying to fucking try John Tenta. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Leave, leave the 400-pound former sumo wrestler alone. That was not about his debut. His debut was interesting. I always remember that where they set up the Ultimate Warrior with the push-up challenge. And then he ended up doing that earthquake spot on him because John. I, I prefer his debut as the shark. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a fish. I'm a man. Ah, oh, so horrible. Who do you got for your next list? All right. So since we had Mrs. St. John's second favorite baby boy, we figured we'd go this time to the top spot. Mrs. St. John's favorite baby boy, Zach St. John. We've got CM Punk on Rampage. I think that's going to hit a lot of lists. Jericho on Raw, interrupting The Rock from '99. Looks like our top two so far. Oh, absolutely. Hall to WCW starting the NWO. So, so he agrees with me that that's actually the start of the NWO. Yeah. Goldberg on Raw confronting The Rock. So that's hit a lot of lists. That's also, also hit a lot of lists. Yeah. Lex Luger <coughs> showing up on the first Nitro. That was a hell of a debut. It was. For someone who didn't mean shit to anyone, yeah. that was a hell of a debut. Yeah, no. It doesn't make a lot of lists. But if you talking about in terms of sheer surprise factor... That one is right up there. That's one of the top ones of all time. In terms yeah, of no, I, I don't know anybody who saw that coming, including the WWE, since not. he was on both shows at the same time. That's true. <laughs> all right, so I got Albert Bettis here. He's got Vader in New Japan. He's got the Radicals, too. Flair in WWF 91. Scott Hall in WCW 96. And here's one we actually might start seeing of, I know, on a few lists. He's also got Kane, which was a hell of a debut, the way Glenn Jacobs debuted as Kane. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think anybody can forsake that. I got to tell you, there's something that I'm noticing here, and maybe uh, I'm speaking too quickly on it. I haven't seen Brian Danielson show up on any of the lists yet coming back to AEW. No, maybe it's because I, of how close it was to Punk. I or... think it was. I think that's exactly uh-huh. what it is. Because, but, <clears throat> yeah, it definitely, if he had done it first, maybe. But. Yeah. And, and my next list is Jesse from New Hampshire. You know, I question a lot of what he comes up with because he's from New Hampshire. Uh-huh. But, this is actually a really solid list. He's got Jericho in 99. He's got Cena's first showing up on SmackDown with Kurt Angle. He's got Mr. Kennedy. Kennedy. That's uh, in the WWE. He's yeah. got Brock Lesnar's first <clears throat> debut in the WWE. And then he actually put Adam Coles for AEW. And to be honest with you, I think Adam Coles, because of the way that they did it, actually got more of a reaction than Brian Danielson because you popped the crowd there. And I, it, I'm i not saying that he killed <laughs> Brian Danielson. You know, you know I'm disagreeing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know you're going to disagree. I just feel like people thought that he was coming down to actually fight against them. Yeah, and, yeah. and it kind of popped the crap out of him because I think once they saw him, they didn't expect Brian Danielson. Right. So then maybe it did build up Brian Danielson a little bit, but I think they were also exhausted by that point. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, actually, uh, I see something there anyway. Well, we'll continue on with that later on. Uh, I got Kenny Culler from Rockin' Randy's. He's got Kane, Taz, Cactus Jack. Wait a minute. Cactus Jack or Mankind? Hold on a second here. Can't. It says in, oh, in the box for WCW. So that's when Cactus came out. Yeah, no, and, I know what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, that's, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, I think Cactus was already in WCW. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That wasn't a very specific debut. debut. Yeah. Well, it was the debut of Cactus out of a box. So. Yes. <laughs> hey, props to that. I've got, he's got CM Punk at AEW and he's got Goldberg. If you just put down Goldberg, I'm going to take that as his WCW run, by the way. You're going to have to specify Absolutely. that. Because to me, yeah, that's, that's what I think of. 
Also, I want to add this before we get to the next one. Tyler Peters, uh, front of the show, added Undertaker from Survivor Series. That was it. So that's why I want to get that out there. And Josh DeBoard from Regularly Scheduled Hostilities, also front of the show, added Cena. Uh, and so, I'm going to take that as the Kurt Angle one, like we talked about. I think early on for WWE, one of the things that we have to remember is is that early on they didn't really do the surprises. A lot of times they did the vignettes ahead of time. And I think that that actually took away from some of the debuts because people knew the person was coming. So it kind of took away the surprise sure. factor of it. Like the Razor so, Ramon stuff. Exactly. Or Dusty Rhodes. I mean, I think yeah. if people had brought out, I think uh, coming off of what he had done in the NWA, if they had brought out Dusty Rhodes as Dusty Rhodes, Instead of doing the plumber vignettes and crap like that, I think that he might have gotten a little better of a pop also. Don't forget about the pizza man. Yeah. Uh, or the meat guy. Um, I haven't seen it yet. I don't think it's going to make a list. But if somebody, I would have accepted too if somebody said the debut of Dusty in polka dots. I would have accepted that. But how many more lists do you got, bud? I wanna, I've okay. got Randy Osga and then myself. All right, let me knock two out, and then we'll go to next to you. Chuck Wenster of Regularly Scheduled Hostilities. He's also got AJ Styles and WWE. That is one that has it. That was a good surprise. There was no vignettes. He just that's only made one other list. Jake St. John's to the best. Yeah, player. that's a good one. He's also got Adam Cole in AEW. Bay Bay. He's got Sting in WWE, even though it was followed Terrible. up terribly. That's true. It was followed up terribly, but the actual debut. Yeah, the debut was actually up. really good. Yeah. Yeah. The debut for Sting actually in AEW was really good. Also, yeah, yeah, Sting is—he's one of the best. Uh, at that. The guy's a hell of a debuter. He hell, Sting's a... debut as the Crow was really good. Yeah, <laughs> and then he's got Goldberg in WWE in 2003 and Brock Lesnar in 2002. Not a bad. Now I'm going to—I'm going to finish up, and then we'll get back to you. I got Matt. Oh, this is Joe's brother, Matt. He's got AJ Styles with WWE. Mrs. Cart's favorite baby boy. Oh, listen to this, AJ Styles. <laughs> Because I was there, and it was the loudest pop I've ever heard. So pretty cool. He got oh, wow. to be there for that moment. That's awesome. CM Punk with AEW. Adam Cole with AEW. Daniel Bryan with AEW. And I'm assuming he's talking about originally Samoa Joe with NXT. Do you, do you think it took away from Finn Balor's debut, the fact that he went to NXT first? Do you think that he might have gotten a similar reaction to AJ Styles had he come to the main roster? Or do you think he wasn't as familiar with the American fans having not been on that on that ever-so-large show of impact? Yeah. I do think Joe had more recognition with the American fans than Finn Bauer at that time. I think Finn Bauer I, uh, I was over, and it was getting yeah. really over. I, I would give the nod I was Joe. comparing him more with AJ Styles since they both had come from the Bullet Club. Oh, that AJ debut, I think, stands a little ahead above the rest for me. Well, yeah. I think it was also one of those things that for years AJ had teased leaving TNA to go to the WWE. So to, fi to finally see it happen, I think, kind of pushed people over the edge. I would agree. Now, uh, we got Randy Oscar, I believe you said. Oh, yeah. Straight from the farm itself, we've got Randy Oscar. He'll appreciate that. Number one, he's got Chris Jericho coming to the WWE in 1999. He's got the beginning of Ruthless Aggression, John Cena. Sure. He's got a man called Kane. <laughs> he's also got, finally, the Nexus. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. And then Scott Hall and WCW starting off the NWO. So I got Mike Caldwell from Mike and Fred Facebook page. He's always love uh, that page. Always comes out and gives us some stuff. He's got NWO, Big Show, and WWE. That's an interesting one. We haven't heard that one. Mankind, Undertaker, and John Cena. 
I'm going to follow up with one more list, and we'll get to yours, and then I'll have to do mine. I got Scott from Voluntown. He's got Chris Jericho from Monday Night Raw. The NWO, thank you, Scott, for adding this to WCW Bash at the Beach 96. So Dude, I'm glad, he, I'm glad he clarified that. Somebody did, yes. Kane and WWF in your house, Bad Blood. Here's one not enough people had. John Moxley, AEW, Double or Nothing. That was a big debut. That and then this one, a little bit of a sleeper, Kitchen, Kitchen Liger. Kitchen Liger, New, J- New Japan Pro Wrestling 96, the Alter Ego, Ego, uh, ah, ju- dude, I'm going to get so slammed for this. The Alter Ego of Jushin Thunder Liger. No, I thought you killed that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hear that shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Old viral insulitis boy right here. Uh, <laughs> so, what's the point of list? having a handicap if you can't make fun of it? You know, I, I, <laughs> I agree. Go ahead, AJ. I'm going to let you do it. I'll, I'll wrap us up here. What do you got? So I've got the Nexus also, which is why I was talking about that so much. I really think that it is a great way, debut. Yeah. I think the way they did it, people literally, especially in that crowd, were absolutely shocked and who they did it to. I mean, sure. they did it to John Cena, yeah. who at the time was pretty much invincible. I've got like a lot of other people, CM Punk to Rampage. Sure. I think that that gave me chills still to this point, even watching it and knowing it was coming for it to get that kind of reaction. Imagine if nobody knew it was coming, what the reaction would have been. Right. That would have been absolutely insane. I also have Chris Jericho from 99. I still think the way they did that with Y2K and all that stuff or Y2J was absolutely incredible. I also like the Goldberg debut with The Rock. I think that that was actually very well done. It was ruined completely after that. And then one of my favorite ECW wrestlers of all time, who also was shit on by the WWE, after doing one of the best debuts was Taz. Yeah, Taz, big time reaction. I think uh, <clears throat> I didn't have Jericho, but I'm going to add this about Jericho. One of the great things, too, about that, I think, for people, Jericho was actually, at that time, one of the first big WCW stars that had converted back to well, WWE. Well, the funny thing is, is he wasn't even really a big WCW star. No, 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 no. But He was, he, he was a mid-carder yeah. who became right. a big star, right. but that debut was what set the pace for him to become a big star. Right. But there was some uh, buzz about him coming. There was, Oh, no, there was definitely yeah. buzz because fans wanted to get behind Jericho. They did. Yeah. Fan, fans always liked Jericho. Bischoff just had no idea what to do with it. All right, I'm going to uh, wrap up uh, my list, and then we'll pick a winner here. We got I got Flair in WWE, like I said earlier. I think that was just so huge for the time because he, it was so built up. Like, for how many years in wrestling magazines, you know as well as I do, Flair Hogan. Oh, we're never going to get yeah. that match. Flair was the NWA world champion. Hogan was the WWE world champion, WWF. And we never and, did get it on the platform that it should have been on. That's true. We did it. We did it. But that debut was exciting. That debut made us think that it was going to happen. Yeah, by the time we saw it, Hogan was past his prime and Flair only had like 20 years left. <laughs> I'm going to go on Hulk Hogan and WCW, by the way. Nobody had that on their list, but it, meant, it, was, it was a huge deal. It did a freaking parade, for Christ's sake. Yeah, it was a huge deal. It wasn't yeah. like, but it, it meant something. Undertaker. A lot of this might be because we ended up being, but at the same time, there was no videos. He shows up. Yeah. He doesn't sell anything. He looks like a powerhouse. He's dropping dusty roads. Well, the funny thing is they brought him in, and then they did the vignettes afterwards. Mm-hmm. They actually yeah. showed him, like, m- making the caskets and stuff yeah. like that. So they did the vignettes after to build him up. So that was actually well done. There's actually Kane, the Undertaker, too, originally. CM Punk to AEW. Because of Punk taking so much time off and just— <laughs> A couple days. 
never really thinking he was going to come back. It just it meant something. It was huge. And I got Kane because just the way, you know, the fire, him ripping off the cage. It was one of the So, so you have Kane over the NWO. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> it might not have been, but at the same time, it's just kind of like one of those things where I just Dude, thought. When it comes to favorite debuts and favorite moments like this, uh, debuting moments, it's what connects with you. You can't really, yeah. who's right or wrong. You, you're not wrong unless you're actually just it saying a moment that's not a, a debut. Bit. Yeah. yeah, like I mean, Hulk Hogan didn't really connect with me, but I recognize the historical importance of him being. I mean, I love the Radicals debut. I just can't say that it's a top five. Yeah, I think you know, there's a lot of votes for different people. I'm gonna say we're gonna have to put the NWO. We want to do the NWO or Scott Hall. Um, I think we're better off doing Scott Hall. He actually literally made more lists it, yeah. because it said Scott Hall specifically. I'm fine with that. I think Jericho made a ton of lists, so I think he has yeah, to Yeah, and then there. CM Punk's got to be your other one. I think obviously. CM Punk with AEW, yeah. So we're talking about eliminating these guys. I'm going to eliminate Jericho first because yeah. I don't think it had the same significance. I don't uh, think as many WWE fans... he just wasn't fans, built up as much at the time. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't think as many WWE uh, fans because there wasn't a lot of uh, necessarily a tremendous... There was crossover fans, but it wasn't like it is now. So a lot of times WWE fans have a tendency of only watching WWE. Yeah, and, and so I don't think he had the fanfare that the other two had. I think he had some fair, but he just he wasn't as a big a deal though as yeah. Yeah, Scott Hulk Hall was. Now. Yeah, and Scott Hall, yeah, Scott Hall was a made man, and um, it was it was it was. And we don't even uh, want to talk about how made Punk is. Yeah, so that's what we're gonna get down to here, which is really interesting. We got down to these final two because if you listen to the eighty three weeks podcast, it's a little bit of that contention sometimes too, where. Punk has kind of made reference that, you know, me and Danielson could be a bigger deal than Hall and Nash. And Bischoff yeah. says, well, that could be. But if you look at actual numbers and stuff like that, that's probably not the case. Now, uh, well, you can't compare the numbers either because it's totally different viewing numbers than it would be in that time right. period. I agree. You, nobody's doing a 4.0, <laughs> yeah. much less a 5. There's no doubt the NWO would go on to mean something game changing. And I, would I say just it, don't think the debut is, is big. better than I Punk's. Mean, yeah, yeah, I, I, I love Scott debut. Hall yeah. coming through there, but he interrupted yeah. a he interrupted well, a shit match gonna, that nobody gave a fuck about. I'm gonna break it down to you like this too. Yeah. You're putting Punk's career versus Hall's career. I like Punk. You're putting the NWO's career versus Punk and the NWO significance. Different thing. I go with NWO. That's totally that. different. Yeah, but we're not talking about either of those. We're talking about just debuts. Debuts, and it's not all about significance. It's also Paul, about how Paul well didn't even debut in a main event. He literally debuted in the middle of the show. Punk's mere mention, yeah. the hint of Punk. They never mentioned Punk. They hinted at Punk the yeah. whole time. Sold out, gave the, <laughs> the United Center. Like, wow. it's huge. So, yeah, I think we're in agreement. We're going to go with CM Punk for AEW. And I know me and you got an engagement to make. I'll just throw it out there just because we've been talking a little wrestle lately. Crown Jewel happened yesterday. I thought it was one of their better Crown Jewel shows. It was. And Goldberg looked as good as I'd seen him look in years. The last few times we saw Goldberg, he looked like shit. And yeah. he actually looked really good last night. Yeah. I know a lot of people didn't like the Roman Lesnar finish. Good match, shitty finish. Yeah, yeah good match, horrible finish. Yeah. But I don't know. I am interested to see. I like that they're still kind of playing Paul. Like, Paul is so masterful. He's doing that look as he's walking away where he's like, you know, who did I – I meant to toss the belt to Roman, right? Uh, and he just throws the belt in the middle. You know oh, no, what Paul's a freaking genius. Yeah, Paul's Paul's the man with that shit. Yeah, I'm not happy that the way it looks like it's going to shape up. Lesnar Le did come out and say that he's going to come to SmackDown tonight and kick the shit out of Roman Reigns. So. 
Oh, okay. I'm interested in that. I also, I'm, I didn't like the way, but I guess I'll see how they handled it. It looks like they're going to basically Charlotte and Bella, uh, not Bella, Becky are just going to trade belts, apparently. That seems to be. That's what it looks like, I'm which is what I thought. Yeah, not a fan of that, but that seems to be where we're going. But the card itself was pretty good. They actually had every, most of the matches came out really well done and they gave time. And the fans actually seem more involved this time. I, I even enjoyed Mustafa Ali versus whatever the hell the other guy's name is. And I thought that was actually well done. And I like that we're seeing a little more aggression from whatever the hell his name is. Highlight for me, and I know she's not very big. But Bianca Belair with that one arm press slam is walking around. Like, it's just a sight. It's just, I, you know? I would have been a little more impressed if I saw Vega do that to do drop. That would have been insane. <laughs> By the way, did anybody pick Vega to win the freaking Queen's? I don't um, think so. I think ever, I, anywhere. I thought, yeah, I thought about it, but I'm like, nah, they won't do it. They asked, they asked Black, and he said, you know what? I think Shayna Baszler. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We guys, we got to get out of here. This is the Working Fans Podcast. Best debut, CM Punk. You heard it here first. Best debut, right. Working Fans Podcast. All right. So that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 